BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello and welcome into Phillies Talk, presented by Team Toyota. I'm Corey Seidman, joined by Ricky Vitalico today. The Phillies are just a few days away from beginning spring training games. The first spring training game, Saturday, February 22nd. Finally, we have actual, you know, on-field, meaningful results to talk about. Not the spring training results really matter too much. But we did see in the first few days here of camp, Gene Segura reported to camp, Ricky, um... Looked like he dropped, I don't know, 10, 15 pounds. That's good. It's a good start. Said he cut out whiskey. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon showed up, and he said that he thinks he's going to be ready to go for opening day. He said that his surgically repaired left knee is where it needs to be. And Jake Arrieta also showed up in camp and talked about how he feels the healthiest he's been in a couple years, that the knee issue that he was dealing with last year in combination with the elbow, the knee issue actually predated that. Right. So let's run through each guy. Let's start with Gene Segura. Last season compared to what we're expecting in 2020, do you think that Gene Segura, if he's trimmer at a new position, is going to be able to be more effective for the Phillies? I, I think so. I, I really believe the guy we saw early on last year, the guy that was making good contact and swinging at pitches within the zone, I think that's more the guy we're going to see. I, I really believe that, you know, whether it be, you know, nagging injuries, whether it be your weight, whether it be something that, that's holding you back, you could always make up for that. And and he has that ability to make up for that. I think he comes back stronger. I think he comes back. Uh, you have to come back with a desire, though. Uh, and that, that's the one thing that that's, has to be put out there. You have to have a desire to win. You have to have a desire to be the best you can be. Obviously, last year, if you're putting on all that weight, do you really believe you have that desire? The answer is no. So it, as long as he keeps up this new regimen, I think he it becomes a positive. I think he can uh, be a very good player. Look, the Phillies didn't sign him because they thought he was, he was mediocre. They signed him because they thought he was a very good player. And sometimes what you see is not always what you get. And I think last year what we saw in, in a guy was some laziness along the way. I, we, we talked about last summer that it was shocking that a guy who plays shortstop every day can even gain that weight during a season because think yeah. about how many calories you're burning. Baseball players burn far more calories in a given day than you know regular people. I mean, uh, like you're out on the field in the hot sun a lot of times by right. two thirty three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, you're just you know all the all the bur- quick bursts and you're just constantly out in the hot sun sweating. So for a guy to pick up that amount of weight throughout the season that's worrisome but if Gene Segura is able to keep it off look I will remind you that despite the fact that he ended at 280 last season Gene Segura was hitting 330 at the end of April he was hitting 330 midway through May Uh, things really tailed off he also dealt with a lot of lower body injuries that's another uh, but that's also that's that also could be why he put on the weight Mm -hmm. you start you start doing that it's you can't do as much work with your lower body which means a lot of your cardio takes off a lot of your lifting goes away and what happens then whatever you eat whatever you intake it sits 
And, and I think that's maybe what we saw from a Gene Segura. I think, I think he just got to a point in time where he couldn't do as much physically. So, I mean, you're going to put on weight. I mean, I understand where you're coming from in, in the fact that they're out there every day. They're playing every day. It's hard to, hard to gain weight. But when you're not doing your off-field workouts – at least to to the ability that you normally do, you're definitely going to put on weight. Segura only had like one horrible month last year. It was June. He hit 223 with a 261 on base percentage, and right. that dropped his numbers way down, and they never recovered. That was also the month that began with Gene Segura not hustling out a ball in San Diego and Andrew McCutcheon tearing yeah. his ACL as he got into a rundown. McCutcheon was awesome as the Phillies' leadoff hitter last season. Power, plate selection, and you really even got the sense with McCutcheon that he hadn't even gotten going yet because yeah. he was hitting somewhere around 260. It's not like we had seen the, the, the very best of Andrew right. McCutcheon yet. I agree. Uh, then the Phillies could not find a, a decent leadoff hitter the rest of the they season. They couldn't find a lineup. <laughs> I, I mean, when, when you lose somebody at the top of your lineup, you, you tend to say, all right, I'm going to start moving guys around and see what happens. And what does that do? It makes people uncomfortable in the lineup. I think with a guy like Andrew McCutcheon at the top, who has a good eye, he's been around the league a long time, he's going to give you quality at-bats. And what do you look for in your number one hitter? Quality at-bats. So, yeah, I I think McCutcheon is a huge key to this team. Obviously, by numbers, you could just look at the numbers last year and and you'll understand that. But him being in the lineup, him showing a veteran presence, I think I, I think that may be a bigger key than anything else that, that he comes with. He's just a guy that, you know, I, I understand, you know, the knee injury, he has his surgery, but he has a desire. And, and to me, that desire gets you back to a place where you want to be, and this is a guy that wants to be on a winner. If Andrew McCutcheon stayed healthy last season, he was on a pace to hit like 27 home runs, walk 115 times, have an on-base percentage around 380. We would have been talking about one of the upper echelon players in the NL, a right. guy who maybe not had reverted to MVP form, but was a ve- would have been a very, very good full season contributor. So I'm excited personally to see what Andrew McCutcheon could do if he's able to stay he- healthy in this Phillies lineup. The third guy who reported to camp feeling better than last season was Jake Arrieta, another veteran, another big key to this team in 2020. Like, if the Phillies can get, in my opinion, a 3.50 ERA out of Jake Arrieta, they can be a lot better than people think. But if they get from Jake Arrieta closer to what they've got in the last two years, this rotation is going to struggle. Uh, where do you see it? Do you think that Arietta is going to be able to give the Phillies more? I, I, will, I will say this much to start things off here with, with Arietta. When I saw him throwing in the spring in spring training, very free and easy, and it was coming out of his hand, it was jumping out of his hand. That's what you want to see. The injury that he had, I had a similar, I had a similar one. I had surgery for bone spurs in my elbow, and I tried coming back within a month. Bad idea, really bad idea. But I will give him this much: he had time to rest both the knee and the elbow. When you have that time to rest and you come back, you should feel like new. And from what I saw him throwing the baseball, I would say he feels like new. He becomes a big key when you really think about it, because I don't think we have any question marks with there. We have some question marks with Nola that he started off poorly last year. He had his bumps, right? He gave up some home runs. And then Zach Wheeler, you don't, you really don't, those question marks aren't in the one and two spots. The number three spot is going to be the spot that holds the starting rotation together. If he could come into this season, give the Phillies those five, six good innings, I think that just is a bonus. And if you have that bonus, that ups your win total. So I I think he's pivotal within the starting rotation. I think he has a bounce back year, especially on a contract year. 
Yeah, I mean, really, all the Phillies need from a guy like Arietta is is give him like six six and a third innings, three runs every game. I mean, that 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 would average out to a four two six ERA, and not that that's going to set the world on fire, but they just need the guy to be able to get into the seventh inning, yep. get three times through the order, hold the game in check. They're not asking for the world because the Phillies do have an offense that should be able to score some runs. Yeah. And, and I think one thing about him is I don't know if he was able to trust his stuff. And well, the reason why I say this is when you think back to his experiences when he had some bad games, there might be an error in the inning, something that prolongs the inning, just misses on a pitch, he walks, a guy all of a sudden makes a bad pitch. I think being a veteran in, in, in where he is in his career, he should be able to take a step back and say, all right, I'm just going to throw some sinkers, get a ground ball, get a double play, and get out of this thing. I think sometimes that that has backfired on him in the past. If you're like purely optimistic about Jake Arrieta, you could explain away the last two years. You could say that in his first year with the Phillies that he had the most unearned runs in baseball right. and that he had a bad infield defense behind him and a catcher who couldn't receive in Jorge Alfaro. Uh, and that last year he Injuries. dealt with all the injuries. And Arrieta said himself that he couldn't utilize his curveball or cutter much once the bone spurs came. So if you can't yeah. utilize, like those are two of his main pitches. His two main pitches are curveball cutters. Well, so you can't reach out and you can't pull, you can throw, which are two things that you yeah. need as a pitcher. You have to be able to pull downward on the breaking ball, and you have to be able to stay on top of things and extend with, with your other pitches. You so stay on top of the ball. Yeah, stay on top of the ball. And if you can't do that, yeah, you're going to have issues. And yeah, so it he could, showed. He could throw the sinker, but he couldn't throw those two things, and that's what made him a more complete pitcher. We talked about the offense. I want to go through what our ideal batting orders are going to be for the Phillies. All right. Game start in a few days. But just a reminder that Phillies Talk is brought to you by Team Toyota. The national clearance event is kicking off safety savings and service. Visit TeamToyota.net to be part of the team and stay on the road to victory. Ricky, yeah, this Phillies lineup, um, and, and you astutely brought up as we went through this exercise before the podcast that you have to kind of consider the three batter rule this year as yeah. well. So that you might want to have um, and, and the funny spread out between lefties and righties. Let's go on this three batter rule real quick. You could bring in somebody with two outs in the inning and he only faces two and then switch over the following inning or two outs in the inning and then switch over the following inning. But it's still almost impossible to manage. And the reason why I say that is you could have it set up where there's two outs and your left-handed pitcher comes in the game and he's facing a lefty, and then all of a sudden there's two righties behind him if he gives up a hit there. So th there is that factor, that uh-oh factor. So, uh, I mean, to me, the, the, big, the biggest thing is, is trying to get a feel for this thing because I don't think the managers know exactly what they want to do at this, at this given point. They're going to have to let it play out to really see all the different examples of what, like, what I can and can't do, what is strategic, what is not going to work. Right. All right, let's go through our orders. I'm going to go first. I have McCutcheon 1 leading off, Bryce Harper batting 2nd, Real Muto 3, Hoskins 4, Didi Gregorius 5, Gene Segura 6, Scott Kingery 7, Adam Hazley 8. That gives the Phillies lefties in the 2, 5, and 8 spots with Harper, Didi, and Adam Hazley. Before we explain why, why don't you give yours? All right, you, you said 6, 7, 8 with Segura, Kingery, and Hazley, right? Yeah. We're, we have the same down there. I went a little different up top. I have Kutch leading off, Didi's batting 2nd, Harper 3rd, Hoskins, Real Muto. Okay. I, the problem is, is it's so interchangeable. I mean, the lineup is very interchangeable. I mean, you could put Didi anywhere from first to six. I do feel, though, that when you look at this, one of Harper or Didi probably should be in the two-hole to get one of the lefties there. Right. Uh so, like, you know, if, if in mine, I could have put D.D. second. Har the thing that you – so you have D.D. Harper back-to-back. -back yeah, I mean, but how could you – I mean, even if I switched it up, you you know, you go Kutch, 
Harper, okay, like you did, and then Hoskins, DD Real Muto. I guess you could do it that way. It's it's just a matter of you have Reese in the cleanup spot. I do. So like again, we got to talk about. I mean, I mean if it's, Reese it's, Hoskins, if Reese Hoskins hits two twenty, no, with a three fifty five OBP, may not be in the lineup. Uh, that lineup is obviously a lot worse. But like if Reese Hoskins has a good year, batting fourth in between all those guys, it. it elongates the lineup so much because then you are either getting on base or driving in runs for Didi Gregorius who can right. hit and Gene Segura who can hit you a single at any given time uh, you look at the 7-8 there too Kingery Hazley we really haven't seen um there's some question the best, marks on the, best the bottom yet offensively from either guy no there's definitely some question marks on the bottom I mean you, you have to believe that these guys come into their own that which is why they're batting 6-7-8 is that really that bad of a 6-7-8 with Segura Kingery and Hazley I would probably say no. No, that's probably I mean, obviously, league average. Obviously, you're looking for your run production one through five. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. But, I mean, with Segura batting sixth, it's it's not like it's a huge step back. Kingery has shown signs of being good. Uh, and Hazley's just that guy that, that you still have to figure out. And there's also Roman Quinn, who looked pretty good when I saw him down there. Um, and the thing about Hoskins – I'm putting him in the four spot to start right now. Spring training games haven't started yet. Um, visibly, his swing looks completely different. Uh, standing more upright, hands are down a little bit lower, uh, maybe a little bit more relaxed uh, approach, it looks like almost, not as mechanical. And I think, to me, that's the biggest thing, that he had to get away from mechanical. You know, the, the word robotic and mechanical kind of go together at times. I think Reese just has has to find himself this spring. If he finds himself this spring, this lineup looks a lot better. The other option the Phillies could go with is Gene Segura back in the two-hole. Right, began, I thought about they it. They began last season with McCutcheon and Segura batting 1-2, and in April it looked like it was really going to work out because, as I mentioned, Segura was hitting three thirty. McCutcheon was getting on base and hitting for power. Uh, then, you know, McCutcheon gets hurt, Segura falls off a cliff uh, himself, and... Then it all looked different. But, like, you know, the previous three years before last year, Gene Segura hit 308, 350 on base. Right. He, he had 30 more points of batting average and 60 more points of OPS the previous three seasons compared to last year. So there's a lot more it's the Phillies ki- can get out of Gene Segura. And it's kind of be- funny because those are the two guys that I kind of switch up on Who? Segura and Didi. I had Didi at six at first and then put him at the two hole. And I, I, I just think you want to see him get more at bats. Didi, much more power. And I, I yep. think that I really think Didi can hit like. If he stays healthy, I think Didi can hit like 27 home runs this year. Well, drive, he's, drive let, let, let's start. He's a gap-to-gap hitter to start with, right? I, I think that's fair enough to say who at Citizens Bank Park will get his share of home runs. He enjoyed Yankee Stadium, I'll tell Same you Same type of ballpark. And I really can foresee a lot of second-deckers in the right field from oh, Didi yeah. Gregorius. I can I, see it. That swing path. Um, I, he's the kind of guy that like I wouldn't be surprised if he hit seven home runs in the month of April. Like has like a big start to the season. Would be nice. So yeah, I mean, it, but you it, don't want that to cool off. We saw that last year. Yeah, we saw too many guys start out really hot. Remember that first week of the season when the Phillies offense could they're do no tearing wrong? it up. I remember Michael saying they're going to score fifteen runs a game. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't last. All right, let's let's move on to the Astros. Um, man, oh, this story boy, is we're still getting, going after, but it just gets, keeps getting wilder and wilder. And and this week you have across baseball guys reported to camp and spoke their minds. Man, it's like it's like all of baseball is talking like Ricky Batalico right now. Well, this which sh- I'm it, not used to. It should have been like this when the when the steroids came out, and and, and like I, I listen, you know, you listen to sports radio all around wherever you are, and and you'll hear like people bring up. Oh, yeah, but that was the steroid era. Everybody was doing it. That's slanderous to me, the way I look at it, because I never, I never took them. 
and, and I was battling against these guys. And it was funny because I think back then it was like, hush, hush, don't say anything about anything and we'll just move on from this, they thought. Obviously, they never really got by that, and it really came 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 out into the public eye a lot more. But now, I mean, this is out there. It's a proven thing, and yeah, the Astros are going to get crushed for it. This is going to be a season of hell for the Astros. So Kenley Jansen had a quote earlier in the week. He said the Astros sign stealing is worse than gambling, worse than steroids. At least back in the steroid era, everybody was on steroids. It was a fair game. Again, which a slanderous is just like remark. A total like misconception, revisionist history about what the steroid era actually was. It was not right. the entire league. There were still, you know, select guys that were on whatever. That's that's neither here nor there. But, no, but I I understand what they're saying. Like a, a pretty big majority of players were taking them. I, I get that. But, it, I mean, in, in reality, it depends on you, – you know what they feel like? And there's, there's what, that pitcher from the uh, Blue Jays who's suing the Astros. Ridiculous. I don't want to go – I mean, that's just ridiculous. The good guy, for him, though. Well, he, he was not a good major league pitcher anyway. It's well, like I mean, he, but, the, but the point is because of going in there and getting his butt handed to him – I totally get that. I, it may have happened anyway. I totally but, get that. But come on, you like to sue the team or right, sue the well, league? Right, but that, that's the whole thing. Is that it, That's what I think Major League Baseball would be afraid of now. If, if he won, how many other guys are going to come after him? Well, Major League Baseball does not look good in this. Rob Manfred is really catching a lot of flack, uh, deservedly so. Maybe he doesn't know who to suspend. And, all right, who, who do I suspend? Everybody? Okay, I wanted to ask you about this. So what would have been – in your mind, like the the proper punishment for the individual players, because I saw like Joel Sherman, for example, wrote that you know Rob Manfred should t- take a mulligan and actually, but you can't do that after what's, the fact. What's the you can't, you can't give guys immunity, have them be honest, and then after the fact say, you know what? Upon review, you're going to be suspended. You can't what, do that. What's the what? What is it? Sixty two games or fifty games for the first steroid thing? Now, is that about right? I think it's eighty. All right, it? it should be the same thing. Yeah. 80 games but okay but to your point who do you suspend right like is there they you, don't know you suspend Alex Bregman but not uh but not like uh go back on, Springer go back just, on the films and and see who's who who's getting the the banging uh trash can so William Hill one of the sports books came out the over under was 83 and a half Astros being hit, hit. by a pitch this season and uh, so I looked it up the Astros were hit 66 times last year so we're only talking about 20 something yeah. 18 17. more yeah, in 18. my opinion that is an easy over like even if Major League Baseball really tightens up and decides we're going to make a statement and suspend guys for longer than the typical duration if they, if they intentionally bean it. They shouldn't group, do that. You know why? Make, they, make them feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Make them step into the box uncomfortable. Did you, uh, did you watch wrestling in the 90s? Yeah. I kind of feel like the Astros should just go full NWO right now. Just like come out and embrace the villain role. And I don't wh- think that. Yeah, but if they do that, if they do that, it's going to be worse. What's I mean, the alternative? It's going to be horrible either way. They're going to be hated everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Can you imagine? I don't even know where they play. Where do they play their away opener? That should be interesting. Do you think that that's going to like galvanize them and, and like rejuvenate this team to make another run? The fact that like everybody hates us. Well, it'll be interesting because there's no cheating going on. We'll see how they do. I mean, the numbers home and away, I think, proved a lot. Well, to that point, uh, home and away, like Jose Altuve has been pretty much the same throughout his career. Right. I, like, I, I want but I heard Mike Trout say, if I knew what pitch, I would love to step up there and know what pitches are 100%, coming. 100%. And, I, and what they did was messed up. And they deserve this public ridicule. 
Um, I, I talked to Jim late last week about do you think how do you think this is going to affect the eventual Hall of Fame candidacy of Jose Altuve, who was looking like a no-brainer Hall of Famer before all of this, but now you have to start considering Cheating. those factors. Like, is he going to be viewed the same way Rafael Palmero was? The old asterisk. Yeah, it's so it, it's weird. Like, but at the same time, I do want to acknowledge that. And I, I know that a lot a lot of people don't don't agree, but like I think Jose Altuve would have had the same career whether this happened or not. I think that like Alex Bregman was this good whether they were cheating or not. Right. Maybe shave off a few homers or shave off a few points of batting average, but they were still really good players. Like yeah, it's not, no. like, it's not like they only got there because of this. No, I agree. I mean, I think they're still a very good ball club. I mean, they had great pitching on their side on top of it. So. I mean, I don't. I it, see. The problem is, it's impossible to say that with or without this, they would have been as good. I mean, who knows how long it was actually going on? So, how do you think you would have handled this? Say you, if were, I knew right then and there. Say you were on a team that was not like you weren't on the Dodgers, you weren't on the Yankees, you weren't on a team that was like totally in the line of this, right? right. Say you were on the Brewers, or, or let's put you on an AL team. Say you're on the Royals, so you're going to face the Astros. Mm-hmm. Seven times this year. Yeah. What are you doing? Are you doing anything different? Are you hitting somebody? I think I'd go back and take a look at my numbers at Minute Maid Park. And if if I thought, okay, well, hey, look at this game. I gave up three runs and two home runs. All right, yeah, probably they're going to get one. Do you think that guys are going to – because it's going to happen. I think there's going to be certain guys that take it into their own hands, yes, especially with certain teams. But don't you think that a guy who takes it into his own hand, own hand, say he gets suspended, whatever, when he goes back into that clubhouse, his boys are yeah, I think they'll de- well, they'll definitely be you know, cheering for him. I, I think there's a lot of things that go into this. Are you gonna if, if a guy goes in there and hits an Astro opening day, are you gonna throw him out of the game? I mean, okay, well that's the other side of this let's conversation. Take, let's if take realistic out of this. You throw him out of the game, he gets suspended. Then it start then a new can of worms. I get suspended for hitting somebody, right. but these guys were cheating and they're all still playing. There's that can of worms. The other can of worms is, okay, what if they hit you unintentionally? What we're not? What every other team is not allowed to pitch inside against the Astros now just because? Well, of- that's my whole point that Manfred cannot step in and say, hey, look, you know, you can't go head hunting against these guys because that's not. The right thing. That's not the right thing to say at this at this point in time. All right, Jim Salisbury's calling me. We got to go. This was fun. Phillies talk presented by Team Toyota. We'll catch you later in the week. There will be some news. The arbitration hearings of both JT Real Muto and Hector Neris. For Ricky, I'm Corey. Thanks for listening to Phillies Talk. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.